with not your truth or kindness, Lord. With not your truth or kindness, Lord. Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host. On this episode of The Notice, don't you love to cuddle up and read a book with a child? Reading together builds such a strong connection, and I love that children's books are full of colorful illustrations with those underlying adult messages. So join me for this episode where I talk with Karen Condon, children's author. We discuss how much she loves reading to children, her journey as a children's author, and how God took notice of her through, yes folks, a turtle. Karen Condit started her friendship with books in the furnace room of her basement. That friendship led to a love for children. For 25 years, she was an elementary teacher and reading specialist for children grades K-8 through and worked with students who needed extra help. She understands the power in story, and she uses them to connect with students and her grandchildren. Karen earned her Master's of Arts degree in Instruction and Curriculum in Reading and Writing, and she won first place in the Children's Picture Book Seal Award for her story, He Is There, at the 2018 Write to Publish Conference. And her new children's book, Turtle on the Track, was just released this February. So Karen, welcome to The Notice. Thank you, Susan. Great to see you again. I'm excited that you're here, and I just want to tell our listeners a little bit how I got to know you. I met you actually at a Write to Publish conference, the same one where you won this award, and that was pretty exciting, I remember. And you were kind of what they call, they assign you what they call a Paul and a Timothy, and you were my Paul, and you were there to kind of help me figure out how the conference went, and and it was so great to have your help. And now here we are talking about your book, but let's get, let's tell our listeners a little bit, a little bit more about your background. Like tell us about this furnace room and how your friendship with books began. I love to play school. And when I was about five years old, uh, my dad emptied out the furnace room so I could set up a classroom. And so I did. And it was probably more about taking charge and being in control than my love for books, but I would get a couple friends over and I'd always be the teacher and we would read and I would pretend to be the teacher. That started my uh, love for books, but also learning. I always enjoyed learning and I wanted to be able to share that with my friends as if I knew everything, right? (laughs) So that's kind of where it began. And after that, it just grew and I became a teacher and I loved it ever since. So you spent about 25 years um, as an elementary school teacher. So did that love for books translate into the classroom? It did. It did. But was interesting, I never really thought of myself as a big reader or ever wanting to be a writer. But as I taught and used children's literature a lot in my classroom and to teach children to read, I saw how story and how books pulled kids 
into a place that was really nurturing and I would grow with them through story. A relationship would, would kind of center around a story because so many times you'd get conversations started, they'd have questions, they would wonder, you'd pull them in close, the little ones, and sit and read together. And it really was, and it could be, kind of an intimate experience over a story. So that's kind of what happened to me through my teaching career. In a way, children brought me into the love of books Hmm. just by me being there with them. Funny how that happens, huh? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They always teach you more than you have for them sometimes. And so when you were you were reading specialist and sometimes you worked with students who were struggling in this area. So did you notice anything different when you would read with them? Did how did it affect them? Reading to children um, that had that struggled was always delightful because I could draw them into a story Uh, that enabled them to kind of see themselves sometimes. And so what would happen is we would start talking. Kids that I worked with did struggle with reading. They didn't always like reading. And that was always a hurdle to get over. So my goal was to engage them in a story that maybe they didn't have to read. I could read to them. And then get them into a place of being able to comprehend, understand the story, and want to read the story. So when we'd sit together and we'd have these conversations and they'd have these questions and these wonderings, our relationship would grow and I would have to get to a place where they wanted to read. So that was a little bit different than working with children that reading came easy They got it. They picked it up from older siblings and they were off to the races. But the kids I worked with initially, they didn't really want to read. Mm -hmm. And I knew how critical reading is to academic success, to social development, to emotional well-being. And so that was what I wanted them to go after, being able to read because they saw the power of story, and the joy reading could bring. So I had to work a little harder on the end of wanting them to read. I know for myself, one of my greatest joys was when my kids figured out how to read. And part of that came with just that sitting down with them, connecting with them. And I know they have lots of materials out there because of technology where you can press a button and it will read, but it's not the same, is it? No, it really isn't the same. I, I remember when the whole ebook was coming out, the whole digital age of get these books online, get them on your Kindle, sit down and, and look at a screen and read. Fortunately, that hasn't taken away the good old paperback, hardcover book you hold in your hand, you smell the pages. You, but we kind of thought, you know, that book is never going to go away because there's something about holding that book and having a child on your lap and maybe a blanket around you and connecting over a story. Physically, they say children that live on the lap of a parent grow to be a reader. 
Mm. And so that's the part that reading does that we don't always think about. It really takes it to another level of relationship. And after your career as a teacher and spending this time, of course, you have grandchildren and you read to them, but you started to think about writing. Tell us a little bit about that journey. How did God take notice of you as a writer? I think that's where I really grew with my relationship with the Lord. But if I can back up one more step, I think what fueled my vision to write was to see the power of story in a child's life, but in a family's life. For a while, I worked in a program called Mother Read, Father Read. It was a literacy program started in South Carolina. It's international now, and it's meant to help literacy in the world and build relationship with books between family members. It was started in the prisons. Incarcerated parents were taught to read a book, ask questions about the book over the phone with their child Mm -hmm. that was at home and didn't see them much. Or when they did visit, there was nothing to talk about. I mean, what do you say? Hi, you know. And so books were used to build bridges between these parents and children and Mm. build the relationship. And I worked a little bit in some situations with incarcerated parents. And then I worked in our school district with some of the more lower socioeconomic populations with books and kids And it became places of healing, Mm. conversations that came up. One woman's, we read a book called Just Us Women. And it was about a woman taking her daughter on a trip. And when we got done with that book, that woman said to me, I'm going to do that. I haven't seen my daughter in six years, but we're going to take a trip when I get out of here. Wow. So there were some wonderful magical moments that happened when a book was brought into the lives of these families. What brought me into writing was wanted to write some of these books that possibly would change the relationship in a family and help children and adults alike grow in relationship to God, our creator. You know, it's interesting. C.S. Lewis said, a children's story that can only be enjoyed by children is not a good children's story in the slightest. And I love that quote because there's so many messages that come and those connections that you make as a family. Tell us a little bit about your book and how you started to write this book. And and we want to know about the turtle, okay? We want to know about the turtle. (laughs) Sure, I will get to that turtle. A lot of my writing started centering on mindfulness, Christian mindfulness. Christian mindfulness is really for us to notice God because he is mindful of us. And I couldn't get off my mind the fact that Christ is so aware of us. He notices us so much. We need to, in return, notice him. And part of that noticing comes from a life that is quieter maybe than we're used to, slower pace, Mm. um, intentional, but it's 
all so we notice him, what he's doing in us, in our world, in our relationships. I started writing with those kinds of things in mind. And it was because I needed that in my life. I am an energizer bunny. <laughs> I retired. And if you're a teacher, you're going, 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 going. And I retired and my life kept just kept going, going, going. And I thought, why am I so busy? Why do I think I have to be so busy? What is it about me? What am I lacking that is making me feel like I have to go and tell people all the things I do? And I was getting convicted about this. I knew it was going to take more than, okay, I will slow down. No, the Lord had to stop me and get my attention. And this is where the turtle comes in. Mm -hmm. I was taking a walk down our country dirt road, and this big snapping turtle was walking across the road. And I knew better than to approach it because I know they can be pretty aggressive if they feel threatened. And so I just stopped, and I watched him. Her, actually, I discovered later, these female snapping turtles venture away from bodies of water. We lived on the Mississippi. Railroad tracks ran right by that river. They venture out of the water into places to bury their eggs and lay their eggs and then hatch their eggs and then they all go back to the water. So I just stopped and I watched and she moved very slowly, and it appeared as if she was napping. And then it appeared as if she was going to, you know, take off, and she'd go for a while and stop. And I became very aware of the quiet, of my surroundings, of the warm sun on my back. And I felt like the Lord was saying, it's time that you act like this turtle, mm. that you slow mm. down. That's good. That's good. And you're, this turtle wasn't doing nothing. It was doing what its purpose was at that time, finding a place That's good. That's good. to lay <laughs> eggs, which brought new life. I get a little choked up because that was the seed for my story. That story is the one, my first story of being published. And I think that is also God's way of saying, I noticed you then, mm -hmm. and I notice you now. You are much more in a position now to notice me. Wow, that's pretty powerful. The story sat for years. My husband had a stroke two years ago mm -hmm. and we had to slow down. It was life changing and it still is for both of us. And he's a young man. He was very fit, very active, a runner, just ran a marathon the spring before wow. he had his stroke. That changed our life. And he regained a lot of his speech after that and a lot of his physical ability, but things weren't quite right. About a year later, he was really declining more, and we found out he had had several strokes. Mm -hmm. And a year ago, he was in the hospital and had to 
spend six months at a memory care center because he, his cognitive decline and his memory was very compromised and we weren't sure what was going on. And he was diagnosed with Lewy body dementia. Mm. And without getting into that, it's a disease that's terminal and very unpredictable. He's home now, but I only bring that into the story, and maybe it's because it's such a it's such a big leap from a little storybook. But the whole premise of God noticing me was you're going to have to slow down Mm -hmm. because your life is going to change. And I didn't know that at the time, but this book, I could not get off my mind and I submitted it one last time and I got the call to have this book published almost a year to the day today when he went into the hospital Mm. and I thought there's no way I can do this. I don't have room on my plate for one more thing. And my daughter said, don't pass this up, mom. I went ahead with fear and trembling because I was very overwhelmed with everything that was happening at home. And it's being published in one year to the day that he was put in the hospital, but now he is home, Mm -hmm. but now here I have this book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is, to me, a testimony that the Lord knew what I needed that day when that turtle crossed my track to begin my mindset of, it's time to slow down. It's time to stop and notice me because I'm noticing you. I know when we met, I even had this story mm-hmm. going, but it's not until today, this year, that it came to its fruition, and my life has really had to slow down. I, I have been yeah. working on this for years, and um, not just in pace, but as I said before, in mindset, in taking time to listen. Mm-hmm taking time to pay attention because there's a lot of things going on in in our life right now that I never could do if I had maintained a busy kind of yeah to speak to us I mean books have always spoken to me but children's picture books speak to me speak volumes to me maybe it's because I see the value in them for not just children, but for the messages they have. Like you said in the beginning, there are all, there's always a message in there. I go to the library and I check out 15 or 20 children's books, and I use some in devotional ways. Some are written around Psalms, mm-hmm. and they don't have to all mm-hmm. be Christian, overtly Christian. Right, right, and, right. And many of my books are overtly Christian, my, my stories, some aren't, but they're all embedded with God's love. Right, and, and his themes. In the vein of God's love for us and his worth of us and his value and him paying attention to us is a Christian book. 
that. Well, we I, I also love how God, he, he doesn't make something beautiful out of something not so beautiful. In your story with working with your husband with his stroke and watching him deteriorate, you've got to have to stop and like capture the moments you can with him. What are those special moments or, or even, you know, I've heard every now and then, cause my, um, my mother-in-law has dementia and just every now and then there'll be one thing and she's with us. She's yes. with us. And it's like, I want to take that moment and just stop it like a pause yeah. and just, yeah. and just experience it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I, first of all, I want to encourage you that you did it, girl. You kept with it, you know, and, and I, I celebrate mm-hmm. you today and tell you, I'm really excited for you and proud of you that you got through this and that it's there. But he is the one that brings it to fruition and puts it in the hands of people that we may never meet mm-hmm. or may never be able to know what its effect had on the world. Mm-hmm. But if it's prompted by faith, and he has the power, he can do what he wants with it. Mm-hmm. He fulfills his purpose somehow. It sounds like God has really taught you through this book. And this mm-hmm. is just, isn't this just like our God, Karen? He, mm-hmm. When he lays something on your heart, it yes, it's for your benefit, but it's also for the benefit of others. And that he just wins, wins all over the place. He does. Anything he, does. he touches is, is, is full of life. And, and so tell a little, little bit, our listeners, you know, of course, where can they get the book? How can they connect with you? And just anything else you want to tell us about Turtle in the Track? Sure. Well, Turtle in the Track can be um it's being released in february it will be available from the publisher or chat publishing it will be available on amazon and barnes and noble and you can also call your indie bookstore and have them order it for you so it's easily available and how tell us a little bit about the illustrator and and what the pictures are like and how did how did you connect with the illustrator the illustrator I was able to choose. This is a publishing company that offers both hybrid and traditional publishing. So the hybrid part of it is I had a choice in my illustrator. <clears throat> of course, that means I had to pay my illustrator. But that was a delightful time because I got to go through many portfolios and make a decision and have them different ones send me character sketches. So I was able to choose what I thought fit the story the best. When I did, I was able to get in touch with the illustrator. We FaceTimed. We went through every page of the book and talked about ideas back and forth. We came up with some things together, and she offered a lot of her expertise, and we just really meshed. So that was really a joy to do. Mm -hmm. She also was able to hide a couple or hide little turtles in every illustration because I wanted kids to slow down and take a look. And, and find the turtle. turtle. <laughs> um, I offer some um, what I call turtle tidbits at the end of the book, some facts about turtles, some coloring pages, some dot-to-dots, and some suggestions for families to incorporate into their just everyday life to slow down fun things to do with your kids of course when you read a book to a child and 
from what C.S. Lewis says, every good child's story should be enjoyed not only by children, but, it, but adults. My hope is that this will become a story that adults and children will read together, learn from together, and practice some of the slowing down moments in order to slow down their life. And slow down and take notice, right? Slow down and, <laughs> and take, take notice. notice. You know, it right. reminds me, Karen, of Isaiah 4, 40, 31. It says, They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But you know what I also learned? That there are other translations that translate this differently. They say, they who hope for the Lord shall renew their strength. And there's also trust. They who trust in the Lord shall renew their strength. So listeners, if whether you're hoping in the Lord, whether you're trusting in the Lord, or whether you're waiting for the Lord, he will renew your strength. He will mount you up with wings like eagles. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. But you don't have to rush to do it, right, Karen? That's right. That's exactly right. So thank you so much for being here and for your book. And again, folks, go ahead and get the book on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. It's called Turtle in the Track by Karen Conner. Turtle on the Track. Turtle on the Track. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Turtle okay. on the Track. Right. I guess I need to slow down, don't I? <laughs> slow down. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, Karen. It's a joy to have you. Friends, this episode really spoke to me. Why is it that we seem to think that being busy is some kind of badge of honor? Think about the last time you asked somebody how they were doing. It's likely they replied they were busy rather than replying the customary fine. So what transpires? We become too busy to notice. When was the last time you noticed the snow falling, the wind howling, or the turtle on the track? I hope this episode reminded you that despite the circumstances of our life, if we're in a slow season, if we're in a fast season, we can still be quiet enough to hear from God. God still has a purpose. So if we're not pushing or striving, we may just take more notice of him. So my listening family, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to breathe in and breathe out. Thank you for taking the time to process all God has for you. And thank you for your support of The Notice. I appreciate your reviews and always enjoy hearing from you. Until next time, take notes.